Sound of Hockey episode 191. We're calling this one the Ian White episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Yeah, Ian White drafted 191st overall uh, in 2002. But I loved, I lo- you know, I kind of scanned who was, else was drafted one, uh, 191. Uh, Martin Erat was drafted 191, oh, by the way. Six, okay. six rounds. Um, but here's the thing about Ian White. I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember Ian White a little bit playing with Toronto Maple Leafs. He played from 2005-06 to 2012-06. Uh, 2013. Uh-huh. He played with Tampa Bay, Calgary, Carolina, San Jose, and Detroit. Wow! But then he went to KHL and then played a couple seasons in the AHL in 2014-2015. But he's got one more entry, according to Hockey DB and and confirmed by Elite Prospects. He played this season wow. for the FPHL. Have you guys ever heard the of F-P-H-L? the FPHL? Yeah, isn't that the what Federal that League? Is that what the for? that's what the Charleston Chiefs play play in, right? <laughs> federal professional hockey league <laughs> yeah. well if it was the it is the federal prospects hockey league oh <laughs> prospects and i love that they call it prospects because yeah, i'm like wait the uh, word. there must be some <laughs> other prospect that was dra- you know named ian white that they crossed but no <laughs> apparently this is a real league uh the port Huron prowlers play in there the danbury okay. hattricks ah no relation to the trashers the danbury trashers yeah, that i don't back. know if mm. there's like some lineage there but mm-hmm. um you need to check out the danbury hattricks logo it's a it's a rabbit wearing a hat and holding oh, the hockey it's stick. pretty <laughs> awesome so anyway but after after five years off he's back in playing quote unquote professional hockey like what happens there how does that happen how do, who calls him who calls who I don't know. I don't know. He had 23 <laughs> points in 37 games. Seems hey, like not pretty bad. good. So, yeah. Wow. He's a prospect. Uh, hey, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. We are not in Bardown Studios. It's another one of these early morning no pants situations like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, early. Except the only difference is I the only difference is I did put pants on this time. So, but oh, congrats! You're I'm making I'm progress. Wiped out. We are recording Thursday early morning, oh. and uh, we are fresh off of two uh, two nights in a row at the Thunderbirds games, which were you know a little disheartening. They were fun to watch, but a little disheartening. We'll talk about that at length in a moment. Uh, and we do not have any new reviews to share with you, so uh, we, we might have to go back Uh-oh. to the naughty list thing, except that uh, you all were rescued because uh, listener oh. Grooby's Lip informed oh. us that there are reviews in Canada that we apparently are not privy to because we're oh. in the United States. So he sent me a bunch of, he or she, uh, sent me a bunch of screenshots of uh, Canadian reviews. So I have a, well, I'm only going to read a couple of them because some of them are from like over a year ago. But will you, uh, will you read them in a Canadian accent? Ooh, that might get offensive, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you will. Don't, please don't do that. Okay, I won't do it. Uh, this one comes from Dryden Pletz. It says, the greatest of the great to love the podcast. This is the one thing that has helped me get through my concussion. The, oh, just started oh, listening geez. to it, but certainly won't end soon. Keep up the amazing episodes. Well, thanks a lot oh, for that, Dryden Pletz. Nice. Uh, now, good. this came in 
again, it was a while ago. But I hope that Dryden Plutz has uh, recovered well recovered. from uh, that yeah. concussion. That's uh, that's never good stuff to deal with. Uh, and then this other one comes from Alan Graham, 89. It says, wading into the depths. Hey there, I enjoy the podcast following the Seattle Kraken, particularly with respect to your interest in goalie-related content. Oh, I couldn't agree mm. more there. Uh, keep doing your best, and I know that I appreciate you uh, for doing it. Stay positive, test negative. Alex from Grand Prairie, oh. Alberta. <laughs> good stuff. Good message. That's yeah. A good message. Love yeah. it. Uh, thank you uh, to you two for those. I know we're way, way overdue on reading those, but to be fair, to be fair, I've been watching a lot of Letter Kenny lately. Uh, we have not um, seen those. So uh, thank you to Groovy's Lip for tipping us off. Uh, okay, let's get into the show. We do have a bit of rather unfortunate Kraken news to share. What happened to Chris Drieger, Andy? Well, he was playing for Team Canada in the World Championships, mm-hmm. and they were in the gold medal game against the home country, Finland, the host country, mm-hmm. and he tore his right ACL making a save. So he'll be out seven to, seven to nine months is the recovery time, which is January to March, somewhere in there, which is quite a long time. That is quite a long time, and uh, this is a guy you know we've talked about before. I mean, he had kind of a tough season, right? He had a couple different yeah. injuries. Uh, and he was out from time to time, couldn't really get any into any kind of a role. Um, you know, it just, it was a tough season. He did sort of turn it on in the second half. Um, and I thought he was really good down the stretch. So mm-hmm. very disappointing. I think that all Kraken fans were kind of expecting that, uh, the goaltending was going to really turn a corner here this next season, um, with both players. Again, both of them were playing much better at the, in the second half of the season. And, uh, man, just devastating to hear that that was Brutal. what happened there. Yeah. Um, I had yeah. heard, you know, that that he had left that championship game, uh, but we didn't hear much else. So it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm sure he's fine, but uh, he was yeah. not fine. So, and unfortunately, you know, Kraken fans are a little too familiar with what happens when uh, a guy tears his ACL because that's two important Kraken players that have torn their ACLs in. Uh, what six months from from one another so um, that stinks uh, what do you guys think are the options now I mean I, I guess obviously Joey Decord is going to get a chance to be the backup do you think that that's what the team actually wants to happen at this point or do you think they sign more of a veteran to um, to come in as a stopgap for this one year uh, I think that's a very interesting question yeah and, and uh, I mean I think you got to see who's out there. I mean, what about signing a Braden Holpe or something like that to a one-year deal, right? Usually those guys are could be reliable. Now, if Decord works out, they might want to hold on to Decord. So um, it creates this kind of interesting dynamic. Um, I, I, you know, we talked, it's funny, we talked about this a month ago, right? When, when we did kind of did a deep dive on the goalie situation for next mm-hmm. year yep. and we're like, oh, you know, what do we do with the court and, or, or do they trade somebody? And it's like, we, we kind of all, I think the three of us decided like, no, they got to come back with all three. And it was kind of confirmed by Ron Francis as well, that, that all <laughs> three would be coming back and take the risk of putting somebody on waivers. Well, that no longer exists, right? That because mm-hmm. triggers hurt, but you know, we we thought all three come, you know, start the season because we're not sure if Decord's an NHL goalie yet. So it's something I, you know, this doesn't resolve that 
question. Um, it's just <laughs> we're going to get an answer to it probably if they don't sign somebody. I don't know. What do you guys think about signing somebody else? Yeah, it's it's weird because like you were just talking about. So what you're alluding to there is that if they were to come back with all three goalies, uh, they would have had to put Joey Decord uh, through waivers to get him to the AHL, which is what Ron Francis kind of indicated he would do is, yeah, well, there's every year there's important players, good players that go through waivers. We're no different. That's what's going to happen, basically, is what he said. So we expected, yeah, they're going to come back with all three goalies and they're going to roll the dice with sending Joey Decord through waivers and trying to get him to the AHL. Uh, but now it's like, all right, that kind of solves that waiver problem because they can keep him with the NHL team. But they would only want to do that if, to your point, John, Joey Decord is ready to be an NHL goalie. And as good as he was in the AHL, right? He, I mean, he always had weird circumstances when he played in the NHL. And obviously we love Joey. So we're, we're very pro Joey, but it's like, is the team ready to, to say that he's, he's ready to be the backup, you know, and I'm not convinced of that. So it's a, it's a tough call. I don't know. I mean, I, there's definitely, there's always veteran goalies out there that are looking for a job. Um, I mean, I'm out there, I'm available. So maybe they'll <laughs> sign me. Maybe they'll sign me. That could be, it could be a solution. I'll say that. I don't know if it's a good solution, I, uh, but it's a solution. That's quite the contingency plan there. <laughs> How bad does it have to be? Yeah. I mean, maybe just keep that in mind um, for any of the Kraken folks that are listening. Just just keep it in mind. I'm available. So I hope that they give Decord a shot. And you guys are both right. Like, we don't know. He only had five games or whatever it was. And it's such a small sample size. And a couple of those were, were starts that came after he had traveled all day and you know, and 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 I'm, I wonder how much more just knowing you're the guy that's going to be there and you have a shot, how much more that affects how he might play. But if if you can't do it, yeah, they got to decide that pretty quick. So I, I they might. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought in a veteran just as competition. Like you know, you you haven't you haven't you have to earn the spot, right? You're not just going to give it to you. But it also has an effect down on the farm. Ooh. <laughs> I'm ready for it. If, I'm always ready for it. I said I teed you up. If uh, if the court is is in the NHL, you have Antoine Bibu, but he's a UFA, so they would have to decide they want to keep him. Bibu, I think it's Bibo, but I liked I like that no, better. I like okay. Bibu. You're good. Bebo. You're good. Yeah. I don't speak French. No, and, uh, neither you don't. <laughs> so let's say they do bring him back. You still have an empty uh, empty spot there in Coachella Valley if the court stays. So you could see them bring in somebody who's kind of maybe a borderline NHL AHL guy to be there. So. There's going to be lots of goalie moves coming uh, one way or another. Yep. Uh, yeah, they are down to essentially two guys on contract. So they'll put Drieger on um, long-term injured reserve that, I guess, frees up some cap space, too, on the, yeah, on the plus they, side. Well, the, 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 it. it's a process thing here, but yeah. um, they have to start the season with him on the roster and mm. in, in cap compliant. And then after the first game, then they can put him on LTIR. LTIR and then they can't go spend it crazy. <laughs> That's right. So they well, and and I don't they can't spend his money. Yet. I don't think it's realistic that they will uh, no. that much because that's pretty excessive. But uh, yeah. who knows? But keep an eye out for that because some players might be being put on waivers. Seattle might not be able to claim them if the salary cap doesn't work mm-hmm. until the season starts. So cool. Uh, okay, so that's our talk about Chris Drieger. Also, in sort of Kraken related news, uh, it's. Not really cracking related, but it is kind of, and you'll see why in a moment. Bruce Cassidy was fired by the Bruins this week, which was a surprise to pretty much everybody, including those that closely follow the Bruins. Uh, shout out to Deep Sea Hockey. Uh, <laughs> 
nobody nobody was expecting it. The guy has had a great record. Uh, he took him to a cup final, and you know they had a bunch of injuries this year. So clearly, I think that the the sentiment throughout Bruin fandom was mostly that it was a personnel issue this year. Uh, that they had, you know, they went to Game Seven with Carolina in the first round. So yes, it was a first round exit, but they weren't really expected to go anywhere because of some issues. So now the reason that it is Kraken related is because Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic reported in his list of top, uh, I guess, options for the Bruins to hire a, repl- a replacement for Cassidy. He named Jay Leach as the number one candidate. So I thought that that was rather interesting. Of course, he's the assistant coach for the Kraken, who the players on the Kraken seem to really, really love. He normally runs the defense. Uh, there was a day when they sent out uh, Hayden Flurry to talk to the media because it was Kale Flurry's return to the team. And Hayden Flurry got asked about playing for Jay Leach. And he was like, it's it's been unbelievable. It's been a, a sort of breath of fresh air and an otherwise tough season for me. Just really, really positive things to say about Jay Leach. And the background on Jay Leach and why uh, Shinzawa thinks that he would be the top candidate. He Remember, he was the coach of the AHL Providence Bruins before he came to Seattle. So uh, he is well-connected with Boston. Clearly, he knows their systems there. I thought that was interesting that uh, he was, you know, as an assistant coach named to potentially be the the next coach of the Boston Bruins. It's newsworthy that that if they went that route, they didn't just do a retread, which seems to be in vogue in the NHL. (laughs) But I mean, I think it would be a a bit of a loss for the Kraken, but you can't, you know, hold it against the guy who wants to advance his career. It would be good for him. And so you want to celebrate that. You can't stop him from doing that. That's that's. I'm Good not stuff. saying it's not going to happen, but it does seem a little weird, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if you're um, Jay Leach is kind of more a Bruce Cassidy kind of guy too, and so yeah. why do you kind of just replace uh, Bruce Cassidy with somebody just like him? Mm-hmm. And the knock against you know, there's a couple things on Bruce Cassidy. One is he might not be getting along with the players so much at times. And then, you know, he's just he's just not a good fit right now. And so then why do you go with the same guy? So anyway, it's I think it's I, I like Jay Leach and I think it's a good candidate, but they haven't really been developing their personnel, their young draft picks. And so you wonder, since Jay Leach was part of the system a couple of years ago, you know, he maybe he was part of the problem in developing their prospects mm, i think they see it the other way actually and that's what i think makes him uh a, a like candidate. they develop them and then Cassidy no like i think that i think that they were <laughs> seeing some good progress from their uh prospects when he was the ahl coach so i think people in the bruins organization think of him very fondly um is the way that i that i took it but interesting point that you make there interesting counterpoint if you will um, okay, so that's our Kraken news. We now move on to a WHL update with our WHL correspondents. That's plural because it includes both myself and Andy Eyde for this one. And technically, John, you were there on Wednesday night as well, weren't you? Yep. Yes, I was. Uh, Okay, so Andy, I will let you take the lead here, though, because this is your realm, and I don't want to step on your toes. Uh, (laughs) What has been going on in the WHL Championship Series? I assume it's all good news for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah, all great news. Okay, hit it. It started off well. They won Seattle won game one in Edmonton, but then they lost a close game two, and then they came home, and boy, it's been weird. They got shut out in game three. Uh, Sebastian Casa got the shutout, uh, his fourth of the postseason. But the real kicker was Wednesday night's game where Seattle played maybe their best game of the series. And they were tied, headed to overtime. I was prepared for overtime. But Edmonton scored with 3.2 seconds on the clock on a play right after they almost Seattle almost cleared the zone, like inches away from the puck going over the blue line. But it didn't. Edmonton kept it in, flung a shot on goal, and won the game. And just a, 
I mean, the word matter that use is heart- heartbreaking, and it's hard to find another word that that's better than that. I mean, you just you just just a brutal way to lose a game. So now they find themselves down three games to one, headed back to Edmonton. Um, they've come back from three games to one already, but I don't know how many times you have that in you in the playoffs, especially against a good team. So we'll see what happens. Uh, game five is on Saturday night or afternoon, so. Uh, they're still alive, but barely. Yeah, on TV too, by the way. Yeah, that's right. And and just a reminder that now they do play the remainder of the series in Edmonton, which yep. is a I mean it's a big uphill battle that they're facing here. Yes. But you know, like you said, they they beat Portland in this situation. They were down three one in that series, yep. so they've done it before. I got to say, though, I mean, maybe not so much last night, like Wednesday night. I thought that the T Birds actually looked like the better team, uh, but. Tuesday night, they were pretty well dominated out there. Uh, I mean, this is this is a very good team that they're facing. So it is definitely an uphill battle. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's going to be a tough tough go for them to get back in this. But uh, like we like you just said, they have kind of done it before. So we'll see. If you're Edmonton, you're up three games to one in the series, and your two big stars, Dylan Gunther, who didn't play in Game Four, and uh, uh, Jake Neighbors haven't scored a goal yet. Yeah. So you're getting it from your whole team. Yeah, but there's other really good players in there too, right? I mean, Sebastian yes. Casa, the goalie, has been really, really solid. I thought on Wednesday he looked a lot more beatable than he did on Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. it seemed like they never even got close to scoring on him, right? No. Uh, Wednesday he was bobbling the puck a little bit, but then later on he just kind of settled down, and he's huge. He's athletic. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He's going to be tough to beat. Uh, and then you have other guys too. I was really impressed by that Demick kid who I, I think he's mm-hmm. – uh, pick of where Vegas or Dallas, something like that. And he's, he's looked really good. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of good players on that team. And also I just wanted to call out that's the first time I've ever seen the oil Kings in person. I really like their uniforms. I think those are very solid, beautiful uniforms. I think what does it for me, they're a little bit Canadians esque because they're red with blue and white trim, but then they have the gold logo, like the crown Mm -hmm. of the oil Kings. And I think that just makes it so unique. Uh, very, very cool look. So congratulations to the Oil Kings for having really nice uniforms. Uh, Logan <laughs> Dohaniak scored the winning goal uh, with 3.5 seconds left, which you uh, already alluded to. And mm-hmm. one other thing that we wanted to call out, there was a really scary moment early in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ty Bauer hit Brendan Cooney away from the puck. Ended up being a, a major penalty in a game misconduct for Bauer, which I guess we can discuss in a moment. Uh, Cooney ended up getting taken off on a stretcher, and it was one of those really scary moments where it was really quiet in the arena, and people were rushing onto the ice to um, to look after him. Uh, but he t- sounds like he was released from the hospital last night, and he's he's yes. going to be uh, heading back to Edmonton with the team. So uh, that's good news. Definitely, definitely a scary scene. You never want to see that. I've only been in the arena maybe once or twice watching something like that happen, and it's uh, very unsettling to see it happen. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, good news to hear that he's he's been released, and sounds like everything's prognosis positive. Right? Is that yes. the prognosis positive, not neg- yes. negative? Yes. Right. Test negative, yeah. stay positive, but get a I'm positive prognosis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, so the Bauer thing, I, I guess where it was a little controversial is because really the injury didn't necessarily come from the hit. I think the injury came because Cooney hit his head on the ice. Um, yes. It did happen away from the puck. And for me, I'm like, it's a young kid getting stretchered off. I I think 
hundred percent. You can, you have to give a significant penalty in that case. Like even if it was unintentional, I think if you cause that severe of an injury, you kind of have to penalize the kid. Um, I get why T-Birds fans were up in arms about it, but I also was like, Hey, uh, it's a kid that just got stretched off the ice. So yeah, I, I get why they call a penalty there. I, I was curious about your, your guys takes on it though. Penalty. Yes. The, I think the biggest, the bigger controversy is that it was five and a, and a, and a game misconduct. Um, because I didn't see it live because, like you said, it was behind the play and we were following the puck and all of a sudden there was a player laying on the ice. Uh, and there, there's some replays, but you know they're, they're not the best replays because it's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. But depending on what angle you looked at, there was one angle where it looked like Bauer hit him you know, intentionally and there's another where it looks like they kind of just ran into each other and Bauer like, you know, braced himself for the hit, which made it look bad. After the game, uh, Seattle head coach Matt Odette said that he thought it was an incidental contact, which mm-hmm. I understand why he said that. I think the interference, initially they called two minutes for interference and then they upgraded it to five. Um, he said that the referee informed him that he had to call a major in a game misconduct because of the injury, but that's not in the rule book anywhere, so I don't know where he got that. So there was a, a, a tinge of controversy and... You know, I don't think Bauer was intentionally trying to hurt anybody, but uh, it kind of sucks for him because that's his last game most likely at the Showware Center, and he was ejected five minutes into it. Yeah. I don't think there's a suspension coming. I would be shocked if that anything like that happens. Uh, just an unfortunate set of circumstances, and doesn't mean that Seattle would have won the game if Bauer stayed in, but you do wonder how the last uh, 10 seconds would have played out if Bauer's out there, which he most likely would have been. Yeah, although I also wonder, I mean, how, because Edmonton didn't, look like they looked the night before last night right no, so they, is that yeah. actually all seattle or was edmonton a little bit shaken up from seeing one of their teammates get carted off the ice right so yeah. and and to me again the big takeaway here i'm i'm just thankful that that kid is apparently yep. you know escaping yeah. major major injury um because that looked like it could have been one of those moments that uh uh, yeah, so just just thankful with um, with how that shook out. Um, it would be nice to see the T-Birds get back in this series. Obviously, it's been a ton of fun uh, to watch this run. And you know what? I Andy, you mentioned it to me two nights ago as we were sitting there watching uh, game three. And you're like, man, this is weird. Like, the show air center June. was completely sold out. <laughs> and you're like, it's June. It's still bright out. It was literally yeah. like there was light the coming was in. Shining. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, but on that note, I mean, how cool of an atmosphere and, and how incredible of a thing to have happening right here in our backyard uh, as – you know, June is normally reserved very exclusively for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And to have a high level championship series happening right here in Seattle, even though we only get two games of it, that was really cool. And there yeah. was such a buzz around the building. I pulled up at, I don't know, I'm, Andy, I'm sure you got there earlier than me, but like I pulled up around 545, 6, and the parking lots were already full. The Like the auxiliary lot, there's people there pre-gaming and, and tailgating in the parking lot. I'm like, this is cool. Like there's so much excitement around this uh and then the uh, not so much for game four because game four they didn't totally sell out but game three was completely sold out um that was that was fun that was that was really cool to be a part of that so uh, and that building when there's a big crowd is is, is a lot of fun it's, it's very loud. loud one of the yeah. one of the guys from the league would told me like it was he's like it's one of the loudest buildings i've ever heard in the league so yeah. uh it's legit when they get a good crowd in there and even even last night they didn't sell out but they had four thousand people which is probably more the norm um when 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 they're getting good attendance but still fun and from my perspective i went as a fan and i had a heck of a lot of fun uh with deep sea hockey and uh just seeing seeing tons of friends and uh people that have kind of shared the journey you know and our journey together on the as far as bringing an nhl 
team here. And then just to see how passionate, I mean, I've seen these people over the years or heard from them on Twitter. I saw D Clem with the uh, fat head of Matt Rempe, her, uh-huh. uh, who she billets. Uh, it was just incredible to see all those people so passionate about the game and, and that team. And uh, it just reminds me, it wasn't too long ago. That's all we really had in the area, including Everett, obviously, but um, so much fun. And it's, and it's still such a high level hockey. I, I, you know, I, even though I've been to a lot of NHL games this year, man, it's still, it's still pretty impressive. The kids, a little more mistakes, but that's kind of adds to the lore and the fun of it too. So. What do you guys think of uh, of uh, those bang banners in, in Climate Pledge with the full crowd? <laughs> They're pretty great. I love that yeah. uh, every time there's a song with a beat, everyone kind of yep. plays them to the beat, right? Yeah, those are, those are pretty were, cool. And they were, they were banging them along with the opposing, with Kosa, the opposing goalie, when he would bang his stick just to alert his teammates the penalty was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really would funny. do it with them. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, oh, my other favorite moment was in last night's game uh, when Ryan Gottfried had a big collision and his <laughs> stick flew into the into the crowd and a fan caught it and held it up like he had just won the lottery, like he was jumping <laughs> up and down. That was hilarious. He was very happy he got that stick. Yeah, that was really funny. Uh, okay, that's our WHL update. That was a, a lengthy one. Look at us talking WHL for uh, this much of the podcast. Uh, we also have some Stanley Cup playoff updates. Believe it or not, the Stanley Cup playoff are still going on. Oh, are those uh, are still happening? Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers <laughs> the are out. The Edmonton Oilers are out. They have been eliminated by the Colorado Avalanche uh, after a four-game sweep. And unfortunately, my take of, all right, the Avalanche need to go prove it to me that they're actually a, a championship <laughs> contending team. Uh, they have proven it. They have looked really, really good here. Uh, they roll over a, a good team in the battle of McKinnon versus McDavid. I still wonder about their goaltending. I think no matter who advances from the Eastern Conference, I think they definitely have an edge in goaltending. But, uh, man, they look like the real deal here, and they have just been cruising through these playoffs. I'll bet they listened to the podcast and uh-huh. had you as bulletin board material. Yeah, right? McKinnon was like, like McKinnon yeah. was like, all right, that's that's worse than trying to tell me Jared, to eat like a candy Jared bar. Fun Brown doubts my my ability. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was going, John. As I was going <laughs> to say that I saw some post game and they were like in uh, your face, Darren Brown. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. You know what? I I will I will accept that responsibility, even though you know, like I've said, I've I've never been a particularly big fan of the Avalanche, so. <laughs> You know, if if I'm the one that gets this team over the hump, I mean, it would be sweet justice for me, you know, I mean, against me, I guess. So I I can't know. wait until you're playing goal for the Kraken next year and got to face them. Yeah, oh, I know. Man. <laughs> I know. They're all going to be snowing me and yeah, running me yeah. over and man. Uh, yeah. So on the other side, though, the that series is still going. It's two to two now as we're recording this one. Rangers and Lightning. Rangers jumped out to a two zero lead with two home wins. Uh, and who knew the Tampa Bay Lightning turns out they're actually pretty good, even though people are starting to write them off, myself included. Uh, <laughs> that is wild, though. Another team I, that you're motivating. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I, I mean, this is this is the thing, though, right? Like, you can't ever count out the lightning. Um, no. They're just, again, you said it, what was it, two, three weeks ago, Andy? Like, the lightning look champion-y. Yes, they do. They yep. they really do. It's They just know how to handle these situations. There's there's no panic, right? They've been through it all. Uh, and, John, before we started recording, you had an interesting little tidbit. When was the last time that they lost a playoff series, right? You're like, you know who the coach was that beat a lot last? It was John Tortorella. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, – it, it's fascinating to see this team um, continue to, 
to battle this way. And by the way, shout out to the New York Rangers, who another thing I was thinking about with the Rangers, this team is not supposed to be in this position yet. You know, yeah. they're they're technically a rebuilding way young ahead team. Of schedule. Way yeah. ahead of schedule. Yeah. So it, on one hand, it's like, wow, it's really impressive. On the other hand, I'm like, we might have to see the Rangers be really good for a while now. And I think I think they're they're getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Like even in the playoffs, it feels like they're they're looking much much better. Like through the season, you know, I think the goaltending kind of carried the way, oh, got yeah. him, like kind of pulled them into the playoffs. But for the most part, I'm like, this team looks pretty good. I mean, the power play is lethal, right? Yeah. It's really lethal. They're they're facing some injuries, right? Um, so that's that's might kind of be part of the contribution to them their playoff run ending now, but um, it, I'm really impressed with the Rangers. And I think for the next couple of years, like they they should, they should be pretty good. Think of the game that they played here in Seattle early. I think it was April fool's day that they were here actually, but uh, Shesterkin saved their bacon in that game. Like that, yeah. Seattle actually dominated them, but Shesterkin was so good. But like you were just saying now the, the rest of the surrounding cast is uh, coming up big too. They're, they're really fun to watch. I like watching them. They, they got they a lot of young players, a lot of talented offensive players. So, uh, yeah, uh, and Shesterkin is just the real deal. So the joke was on Seattle that day. Uh, John, to your point <laughs> about the uh, the power play, yeah, it actually reminds me a little bit of the peak Washington Capitals power play, right, where you know right. you know yeah. fully that they're trying mm-hmm. to get the puck to Zabinijad for the one-time blast from the left circle, right? Like, that's, that's yeah. the goal. Every time they have the puck in the offensive zone, they're trying to get the puck to Zabinijad. Uh, but they also have so much elite skill, right? They have like Fox is up at the top of it. So you, yep. you never yep. know that that's how it's going to play out. But like, obviously that's the goal that they're trying to get to Zabinijad. Everyone knows it, but it's a pick your poison scenario, right? Like, are you going to shade over and try to cover him? Or are you going to leave all these other skilled guys open? So yeah, um, like Panarin's on the other side. So yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're, exactly. You're dander. You do dander if you don't. Right. Um, just, so just don't take penalties. Um, okay. <laughs> this is going to age very poorly. But uh, let's do some picks really quick. Who do you have winning this particular series? I, I got to pick the Lightning. I mean, the Lightning looked dominant in game four. Game three was a little bit even with, with Shesterkin kind of keeping the Rangers in it because um, that went to overtime. It's still only 2-2, right? And anything, obviously, things can change. But I really do think the Lightning uh, are back into playoff form, if you will. Yeah, I, I like the Lightning, too. I think those first couple games, you know, they had a little bit of a layoff between rounds because they swept Carolina. In a, Nine days. Nine yeah, days so between games. A little games. bit of rust yeah. in that was those first two games, I think, they, they had to knock off, and it looks like it's been knocked off. And they have, they've done all this without Brayden Point, who arguably is one of their better players, if not their best overall. So uh, I've, I've been impressed with them and just sticking to it and not panicking. All right. Uh, well, then I'm going to go with the Rangers just to be contrarian. Just to spite? Yeah. yeah. No, cool. because they have the home ice advantage, and so far every team has that's been the home team has won. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, okay. That's our playoff update from various levels. Uh, we now move on to a little update about USA hockey. John, I know you always get excited about this and you're typically the only one um, that I've ever met. That's been excited about USA hockey numbers, <laughs> but let's hear it. I think you have some interesting data to share with us. Yeah. I mean, I've over the years, I've always used it to just check how the sports doing across the nation. And now last year was brutal year because of COVID. Um, yeah. And they had like 19% decrease last year um, uh, from the previous year, previous season, I should say. This year, huge recovery. They're up 20% season over season. Nationally? Um, still not 
nationally. Yeah, okay. they're still still down 2.5% since pre-COVID, um, mm-hmm. so the 2019-2020 season. But of the 36 states that have over uh, 2,500, it's just kind of, you don't want to like count Hawaii, who's got like eight, you know, yeah. eight members and because of fluctuation. But uh, of the 36 states that have, um, you know, a significant number of members, 18 of them have fully recovered from pre-COVID numbers. And, nice. that, includes, and that includes Washington State. And uh-huh. Washington State added the fifth most raw hockey memberships. So fifth most in the nation. But percentage-wise, they actually had the second highest uh, increase year over year. So I'm still digging through the numbers. Uh, there's going to be an in-depth post, a, a lot more kind of detail on soundofhockey.com. So look for that. It should be up before this thing is published. So did anything happen in Washington State that would have uh, sparked that number? <sighs> I mean, I mean, has anything happened in the last? Well, there was a lot of bad weather, so it kept people yeah. inside. Draws them yeah. inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes you sense. You know, I mean, we we are higher than than pre-COVID numbers, um, and I do think. There's still a lot of growth potential in this area, but yes, obviously the Kraken, <laughs> the Kraken open, you know, three sheets, yep. promoted the heck out of hockey, and I can't He's tell hockey, you how many yeah. people that are brand new to hockey that have got their kids in hockey. That's awesome. And and keep in mind, like this wasn't like a very easy way to get back into it because there were still a lot of concerns uh, about mm-hmm. COVID in the fall. Uh, not everybody had had their their uh, vaccinations, or you know, there's particularly the kids. Um, you know, the, the bulk of the growth is in the adult hockey, uh, 19 plus for Washington state. But, um, I think there's a lot of momentum going into next, next season. And keep in mind, Snow King added two sheets, uh, during, during the pandemic. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, capacity right now, which sometimes is the, is the biggest blocker to growing Mm -hmm. the game. It's just, there's not enough ice. So very encouraging very, very encouraging news uh, from the USA hockey memberships uh, nationwide and particularly Washington State. It's pretty cool and exciting, too, that that's what we all kind of, you know, foresaw or hoped would yes. happen yeah. here with, yeah. with the NHL coming. Yeah, it's up. And to put a number on it, we're up 70 percent from nice. from last season. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Good stuff. Indeed. We have a hypothetical. Which is fan-driven, listener-driven, uh, from Barry Robertson on uh, Twitter. It says, hypothetical for the pod, do you trade down from four to seven if the Sens give you their second, number 39, and the Bruins' third, number 87, in return? Go Sens Go uh, move to secure, so that's just a hashtag, the Senators move to secure their right defense and shore up <laughs> blue line to go with budding forward core, have resources to make the trade and not miss picking in each round. Meanwhile, the C- the Seattle Kraken pass on a duo of right defensemen in favor of a scorer like Kamal for an offensive uptick and use additional picks to stock Firebirds and have yet more chips in draft to unearth NHL talent. If it's a no, does that change if we didn't already have four second rounders? So there's a lot to unpack yeah, there. There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. Basically, okay. basically, do you do the trade yeah, I gotcha. uh, to move I gotcha. down from four yeah. to seven if it gives you uh, the second round? Uh, let's see. Sens give you their second round and Bruins third. Yeah, so essentially, you're getting three picks out of that. So you're getting a second rounder and a third rounder. Probably depends how much you value Kershinsky, mm-hmm. right? Because he would be kind of in that seventh spot that might be a little early, but um, Kershinsky, well, the defenseman, yes, or come out yeah, because forward Kershinsky, because okay. I think Kamel might be gone before that. Oh, um, okay. Well, I don't, I you know, shoot, I don't know. Um, but I like it. I like the trade 
particularly the second, because the second round is early. There's a lot kind of up in the air, the second half of the first round, which makes the, the first half of the second round up in the air too. And so you can get a lot of, there's going to be a lot of variability in the next 30. So the 15th pick to about the, uh, the 45th pick. And so that, that would mean you get one more pick in that, in that range. And I like that kind of getting more picks in that, in that range, that 15 to 45 range. So that said, so maybe is your answer, maybe, but to, (laughs) to that last part of the, the question, I think, yes, if the answer is no, it's because you have so many seconds already. Like, mm-hmm. it's not really... What does more second seconds. really do for it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind but of where I'm at. It's an early second round. It's an early second round. That's sure. why it's kind of... It's it's a li- it's not just straightforward. Yeah. I, I'm kind of at, you know, you only get so many chances to have a top five pick in the draft, mm-hmm. right? And I know that there's not a huge difference between number four and number seven, but there kind of is a huge difference between number four and number seven, right? Like, you're, you're going to get a look at potentially the best defenseman in the draft. Uh, you're going to get a look at some of these forwards that are being considered, you know, potentially the best players in the draft and they may slip down number four. So I think I would be a no uh, and, and exclusively because they have so many picks uh, over the next couple of years anyway, that I'm like, yeah, let's, let's take a swing at the best player that's, that's out there at number four. That's my take on it. But yeah, I, I would do it if, and kind of what John said, if there's somebody at number seven, either Korchinski or somebody else that, that you really like and don't want to lose out on and you think is as good as what you would get at number four, then definitely, yeah, those extra picks are attractive. Um, but who knows? Who knows how they're ranking players? So, you know, if there's not, if, if you don't feel that, that you're going to get as good at number seven, then I like Darren's point. That was my first thought is how often do you get a top five pick? Hopefully not very often because <laughs> it means that you had a bad season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but take advantage of it. Like don't trade out of that spot because sometimes you get really good players out of there. There's been a lot of good number four overalls that have been drafted. And so if you look at this year's crop and you think, man, that's one of those four guys is, is you know, big separation between four and seven, then uh, then you don't do it. But if you if you think that the first seven are all equal, then maybe you do. All right. Thank you for the hypothetical, uh, Barry. That was uh, good food good for one. thought. We appreciate yeah. it. Uh, let's move on to our weekly one timers. Our first weekly one timer. All right, John put some jargon in the in the show notes here. <laughs> jargon. Nesson becomes the first RSN to offer DTC streaming service. Now, we've been talking about this enough, and I've learned enough from you, John, about this particular topic. RSN stands for Regional Sports Network, and offer correct. DTC means direct-to-consumer. Am I correct? You are correct. Okay. And why is this interesting and that they've you're become not the first? Explain what Nesson is. Uh, Nesson is the Northeast <laughs> Sports Network. Oh, I always thought it was New England. Oh, but... it could be New England. All yeah, right. yeah, that's probably England. right. Yeah, because it's the Boston station, uh, home of Jack Edwards. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right. So strip the whale of its blubber and tell us uh, what we need to know about this. Why is this important? So I think this is really uh, it's something that I've heard a lot of complaints about from Kraken fans is the ability to get root sports to watch Kraken games without paying for cable. Now, the reality is nobody offers this RSN package directly to consumer without bundling it in a cable package. So that's that's just how the economics and the industry works. Doesn't mean it should be that way, but that's how it is. There's various reasons for that. And so when people complain to me about that, I'm like, tell me an RSN that actually has a direct 
to consumer model. So the fact that Nessun is kind of being the first regional sport network to do this. Now they have similar to root sports up here is they have baseball and hockey. So Mm -hmm. you can imagine root sports in a similar scenario. Now the challenge here is root sports is, um, 49% owned by AT&T. And so Mm. they're not really big on going direct to consumer, but, uh, I thought this was an interesting movement. Um, it will take years, 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 years to eventually, uh, make its way across, you know, the U S as far as like it being commonplace. Now I know the cost that they're, they're charging. Can you guys guess, or how about, here's a question. If you could cut cable, how much would you pay just for root sports? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I already know because uh, I saw people complaining about the price, which was also hilarious. So I already know oh, how okay. much it costs. Uh, but I would probably say, I don't know, monthly like ten bucks, maybe twenty bucks. Probably ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. Would yeah, isn't that like because when like I think HBO, about yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I pay yeah. like what six dollars for all of Disney Plus and six dollars for all yeah. of ESPN Plus. So if really I'm getting it just to watch Kraken games and Mariners games, which I don't even really watch Mariners games, let's be honest, uh, I don't think I'm going to pay want to pay more than ten bucks a month. My opinion. Andy, do you have a thought or did you see? Um, I what 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 they're charging? What Ness is going to yeah. charge? Is that the well? What what you would pay? Um. I, you know, if I if I really wanted to watch Mariners and Crack, I, I could pay twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that seems like the fair rate. Yeah, I now, wouldn't go much above that. Their cost is thirty dollars. Yeah. So and you have to tennis. listen to Jack Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, God. Yeah. Um, now, what if it comes with like the away feed? That would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, like, if you had that anyway. option, yeah, that but, that would be worth it. Anyway, that's that's kind of what you're, and so now you bundle that with hbo and you know maybe you get yeah. a couple other subscriptions all of a sudden it's you're paying like up. 100 bucks which and is boom, okay you should have gotten yeah. cable in the first place so <laughs> or or anyway or uh that was a long one timer uh <laughs> but i thought it was a, a an interesting deep dive and and something to keep an eye on it's it's going to be years before we kind of see that but if you do remember the root sports deal is actually relatively short i think it's only five years Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. which is short in the RSN world. Yeah. So, uh, and it might be for this exact reason, it's just to kind of keep the option open. Speaking of RSNs, did you guys see the athletic rated, uh, the crack and broadcast second best <laughs> in the NHL? I did see that second yeah. best, right? Yep. Second best tied with Vancouver for a second. Yeah. Who won? I thought that was them. interesting. Yeah. Good on them. Who won? Who, uh, God, who was number one? Yeah. It doesn't I forget matter. Now. Uh, but yeah, congratulations yeah. to those who are involved. Uh, all of them pretty much are well, the honor folks are pretty much all friends of the pod. So yeah. congratulations. Okay. Our next very long weekly one timer. <laughs> John, do we, Oh, thought we lost you. Uh, <laughs> some These are more like weekly cycles under down yeah. low than they are one timers. Some uh, <laughs> additional NHL awards have been given out. Uh, the Lady Bang goes to Kyle Connor. The King Clancy Award goes to PK Subban. The Bill Masterson Award goes to Carey Price, and the Selkie Award, uh, as it always does, goes to Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> I have a hot take here, and I think there's some of you may not like it. But I'm a little tired of people just assuming that Patrice Bergeron should win the Selkie every year. I think it's kind of stupid. I think it can go to somebody else. I don't know who it would go to, but I don't think it has to go to Patrice Bergeron every year. It should go to the most deserving. And I really don't go deep dive into who should get the Selkie. And I think probably a lot of the voters kind of do the same. And they're like, ah, you know, we'll just give it to Bergeron. 
everybody knows he's good. So I haven't checked out how the voting had gone. Sometimes they release the voting, but I, I think that's a fine hot take. I don't. I just don't. Honestly, I don't care that much about it. it seems like a great award, but uh, at the same time, like it's not. It doesn't. A lot of these awards aren't really like that. Yeah, why don't they just name it the Selkie Bergeron and give it to somebody else? I think that's what they've been talking about. So I thought Eliminate that's what him. your hot take was going to be, but yeah. it seems like that's a common take. So, uh, <laughs> I guess so. so it's not that hot. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. guess I. I truly just don't really care about any of these awards. Though. Like Kyle yeah. Connor winning the Gentlemanly Player. As the lady, like I just whatever. I don't yeah, care. I like Kyle Connor. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great player and uh, seems like a good guy. Cool. Sure. Neat. Good for him. All right, that wraps up our weekly one timers. We now move on to our tweets of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go first. I don't have a real tweet of the week. I saw a tweet of the week that I wanted to comment on, but I can't remember who did it and I can't find it. But it says this is why. P.K. Subban won the King Clancy Award, and it's the clip from Jackass of him winding up and taking a slap shot at the guy's nut cup. So (laughs) (laughs) it made me laugh pretty hard uh, because, as you may know, he he did play a small role in the most recent Jackass movie. So uh, that was a pretty funny tweet. Got me chuckling. Shout out to whoever made that tweet. And I'm sorry I can't give you credit because I can't find your stupid tweet. Uh, Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from uh, Erica Berry, who oh, yes. has been a longtime listener and yeah. supporter of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And she tweeted out, I'm assuming in, re- in response to last week's podcast. Oh, here we go. Hot beverages are gross. Andy is 100% right. That is some BS. That is some BS. <laughs> you know, that was that funny. That is the tweet of the week. That whole exchange happened during game three of the T-Birds series, and we were sitting, like, we know where she sits for every game, and I kind of tweeted back at her, like, hey, it's really weird that we can see you down there, uh, like, tweeting <laughs> at us, right? Like, because I, and then I sent her that tweet, and I just sat there and, like, waited for her to see it on her phone, and then she turned around and looked at me, and we <laughs> waved at each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty funny moment. Um, yeah, I, I strongly disagree with her on this particular take. Andy, to to your credit, you did stick to your guns last night. There was obviously coffee in the press box that you could have yeah. had, but you were like, I'm so tired. I need to drink something. And you oh, tortured God, yourself was... with monster yes. energy. Oh, it oh. was disgusting. It was disgusting. Jeez. I gagged it down. I had, it had to happen, though. I needed caffeine. Have I told you guys on this podcast before about my hatred for monster energy? I'm not sure. No. I might have. No, but you told me you told me last night. Yeah, well, when, <laughs> they're not going to be a future sponsor. When, we just said they're gross. I would not allow it. I would absolutely not allow it. Uh, when we were in, when I was in college, uh, one of my buddies was like the campus rep for Monster Energy. If I've already told oh, this story, boy. I apologize. Yeah. And we used to get pallets of free Monster Energy. So then every time we'd have a party, that was like our mixer because we were poor college kids. Oh so we'd yeah. mix our our monster energy drinks with like cheap vodka shots. Right. That was like the, that was the drink of choice. And we'd wake up the following morning and there would just be like half drank cans of monster energy all around the apartment. They'd all be stuck to the counters. You'd have to like (laughs) rip them off. And there was this stink that came with monster energy that like, I'll never forget. And last night I start smelling this thing. I'm like, Oh, what is that? And I look over and Andy's drinking a monster energy. I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, quickly. Man, that was gross. Real gross. Uh, okay. Uh, John, do you have a star uh, tweet of the week? What are we on? Tweets of the week. Okay. I do it. have a tweet of the week. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a visual one, or hopefully people can get uh, imagine it. Uh, okay. It's from Animals of Hockey. Oh, sure. And it's two screenshots. One is 
the NHL schedule on Wednesday, June 8th, and it just says no games scheduled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other is a picture of Will Smith in an empty house. Is, is What is this from? Uh, Prince of Bel-Air? Is oh, that yeah. What it's from? Fresh Prince. Yeah. Where he's just looking around, there's nothing in there. So, because uh, he's got no <laughs> furniture and he couldn't. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, I get it. Uh, very cool. Yeah. I get it. Uh, and we close the show with Sound of Hockey's Three Stars. Andy, your star of the week. My star of the week, I'm going off the board a little bit. Okay. At the Thunderbirds game, going back to those games, game uh, three on, on Tuesday. If you've ever been to a junior hockey game, you know most of them do a 50-50 raffle drawing. And uh, it got pretty high with a sold-out crowd, as you can imagine. It was like over $7,000, almost $8,000. Mm-hmm. And one of the showwear center ushers won, and her reaction was like the feel-good moment of the season. She jumped and she couldn't <laughs> stop jumping up and down, screaming, and the whole two sections that she was kind of helping, you know, working in, were, were, were applauding her. Uh, I, I've heard reports that she was like so overcome that she she was crying with tears of joy, and it was just such a feel-good moment that we all noticed because she just was she just couldn't stop jumping up and down. And, That's uh, awesome. Well, it's, because it's, she's it's so awesome. Yeah, sometimes people win that and they'll be in the crowd, so you don't yes, you, you don't know, see yeah, them. Yeah. right? So yeah. she's like front and center because she's standing in the you know kind of near center ice too, yep. and uh, like in the tunnel, right? So you're yeah. like, okay, this one person is clearly jumping up. To, it was it was great. You're right. <laughs> It right. was really cool. It just, yeah. I just loved it. John, your star of the week. Uh, my star of the week is Andre Palat. Ah, future crack. Uh, future crack. Yes, he is a <laughs> pending UFA. Scored the overtime game winner in game three of that series and uh, three points in game four. So Palat's having a heck of a series right now. Um, and he is a UFA. Could be a candidate. I think he fits the mold of like maybe not the primary free agent that they get, but the secondary that mm-hmm. that's going to kind of put the puck in the net. So keep an eye on him the rest of the playoffs. All right. And he does have a Seattle tie because he was once selected by the Thunderbirds in the import draft, but did not come. <laughs> well, the more yeah, there that's, you go. that's what I was thinking the whole time. He's uh, always like, man, bring him home. If I only went to Seattle. Bring him home. Um, he bring him to home come here, right? Bring him home to the place that he had every opportunity to come. to come to previously yeah. and chose not to come to. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my star of the week is also off the board. I'm going with Kraken uh, partial owner, minority owner, right? Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who ah. uh, he gets my my star because I saw Top Gun Maverick this week and it was awesome, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. So cool. <laughs> Nice. Well uh, done, Jerry. Yeah, well done, Jerry. Uh, that is our show, folks. Uh, thank you again to those Canadians uh, up north who have apparently been quietly leaving us reviews. Uh, thank you all for listening. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Uh, leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will read it on next week's show. We'll talk to you all very soon for episode 192. Cheers. <laughs>